So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Took me a minute to get this on here. <laughs> Hello, people. Hello, people. Do you want me to play the right song? I don't know. You were a little early on the hello people. So. I was. Okay. Hold on a second. Right, so I just want to get that in because you know, it's traditional to start with hello people. So since they didn't hear you say it. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on, people. Wait. We're not ready yet. Pretend we didn't start. You're doing two songs. Don't worry. You're clever. I am. Yeah, I am. You know. There we go. Times get really hard. This is what Randall wanted me to open with. To walk with the Lord. Yeshua. Now many people get really angry at me. Why? Because mm-hmm. I just have a piece. All right. A bit of Yeah, we do. Let me tell you about a story that's called my life. I was a Jew boy. Now I came to Christ. Many people thought that I'm Would you a name the show? Thought I betrayed them. Oh, how <laughs> uncool. God takes a beating on television. Okay. I'm just the man after God's heart. If you know me, I'm just playing the part of all that. Wondering, Jew, maybe someone like you. If you open the book, then maybe Periscope, stop putting the title in here. So now we gotta type it out. It's there. Not in Periscope when you tweet it out. You should play the video. They want to tell me that they're right and they're wrong. I know. I've seen the evidence and I know what's true. Oh, yeah. What about Zechariah 12:10? What about Psalm 22? What about Isaiah 53? What about these? Don't tell me that's not true. I've seen it. I've felt it. I know it. What you gonna do? I'm just trying to be true to <laughs> I don't know what happened then. Opened up John and I said, Wait, this is so Jewish. How could I be so wrong? Could it be it's true that there's a part two for every Jew? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't keep rapping about this. You gotta open up that book. I said you gotta open up that book. And if they're trying to tell you don't open up that book, that means open up 
people uh welcome to the show i'm gonna shut that off hello barb over there on uh, youtube and jeff from the heart of illinois welcome to the show people all right i don't know about you but yesterday's you know show was pretty vulnerable <laughs> you ever have a how do you call it a a, a vulnerability confession overload feeling probably not because most of you probably aren't like as vulnerable as I am uh, but anyway hey I'm good I'm good with it so I wanted to say here uh, at the beginning of the show that uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in you know I um, I am um, Tell him, Stacy. Tell him. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I've been getting a lot. Of, I've been getting a lot of encouragement from you people. Thank you. All I gotta do is say thank you. That's all I want to say. Just want to say thank you. Thank you to those of you who've donated recently. Totally appreciate it. Um, I won't say who it is, but somebody. I when I actually snap screenshotted our checking account and sent them proof of like what we have in there, they're like, "That's crisis level." <laughs> I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but, but yeah, thank you. Now we can get some groceries and, and I will definitely get a Snickers bar for sure. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, and those of you who also have sent me me encouraging messages, um, you know, talking about how you've been hurt in the church, hurt by Christians, uh, hurt by people who are close to you. 
um, you know, you know, it's, I never expected that response from my Facebook following. I seriously didn't. I've gotten a lot of messages from people and I'm, I actually just got another message, you know, from somebody right before the show. I was trying to read it, to be honest, right. As I was coming on. Um, and you know what, you know what, you guys, it's sad. It's a sad commentary on the culture, but you know, when you think about it, it's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. And, and, um, tonight's, tonight's, uh, news that I pulled for the show, we only got four stories. We're going to try to keep this to an hour tonight because last night was two hours and that was kind of long. And, uh, you know, unless you're all here and, you know, for two hours for, unless at nine o'clock you're all like, stay, 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 stay. <laughs> We'll play it by ear, okay? Anyway, so um, so thank you. Just, you know, thank you for that. And, and you know, let me tell you something. When you, uh, when you open yourself up to people, whether they're your friends or strangers, um, you know what? I believe that God uses, um, you know, I, I believe he uses authenticity for his will. You know, I believe... Jesus was not a man who was a liar, right? I mean, he was authentic. He was real. He was, he was perfect. And you know, people are, you know, what cracks me up is people actually strive to be perfect, right? Yeah, let's be perfect. Well, I just got a newsflash for you. Even if you're perfect, people are going to hate you, okay? You can walk around and do nothing wrong. <laughs> people are going to hate you all the more, just so you know, okay? They're, they're going to, they will. And so... You know, all I, all I can encourage you to do is just be as authentic and real and honest with who you are, um, with the people around you. And if people like you for who you are, they'll stick around. And if they don't, it's their loss, right? You know, of course, I'm talking healthy people. If you're emotionally unstable or you're somebody who needs therapy and you're too, you know, you don't want to get it, then, you know, I wouldn't encourage people being around you because you're stuck and you're not somebody who's going to want to change um, but you know, to each his own, if you want to go through life miserable and stuck, that's your choice, but, uh, surround yourself with good, healthy people, people who love you for who you are and, and trust God with your life and obey him the best you can. And, you know, and it will be good. It'll be good. God honors that. You know, there's a, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 51 verse six, which says, surely God desires truth in the inner parts he wants to know us. And it says something there about wisdom, you know, and the idea of being a person that, um, you know, we're supposed to self-examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. A lot of people don't do that, but we're required to. And King David did. King David, you know, cried out after he sinned against the Lord and, you know, and, really Israel in the country and Bathsheba <clears throat> created me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me, you know? And then he said this famous line, cast not thy spirit from me, you know, you know, cast not thy Holy spirit from me. And that was so revolutionary back then because the Holy spirit back in the old Testament, especially on, in the days of the Kings like that, was given specifically as an anointing for that time and that person, that person, right? We take it for granted, 
You know, we take the gift of the Holy Spirit for granted, I think, as Christians. In fact, I think the church, certain segments of the church abuse abuse the Holy Spirit. They claim the Holy Spirit is saying stuff that he isn't. Uh, they, they feminize the Holy Spirit. They, they make God a girl, a girl, you know, trying to mess with the image of God. Um, and, and they really boss God around. <laughs> I just want to say, if you're one of those people that bosses God around, you tell God what to do. You know, if you were like standing here and I was standing here, I'd be like going over here. <laughs> Just like, just looking up for the lightning, you know, actually, I think God is long suffering and he's very, very, very compassionate and he withholds his wrath. But you know what, people, there's going to be a day when he doesn't and uh, yeah, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We yeah. read in second Peter three. I think, I, I don't know. You're the Bible scholar. <laughs> student not, not a scholar well anyway anyway so be encouraged by the holy spirit if he's convicting you good you know if you're a christian that is never convicted <laughs> then dare i say you're probably not bored again um you know if you're grieving or you're you have a loss or something and you know god is somewhere in you know your life you know the holy spirit is the comforter you know just like we talked about yesterday in John chapter 14, right? Um, and if you need help, you know, if you need counsel, he is your counselor as well. You know, look at Romans chapter 8. Read through that later if you're feeling like, like, you know, who is God and what does he do in our life? You know, the Holy Spirit intercedes with for us. That's one of the encouragements I've always had to as in a Christian, as a Christian is I've always had this encouragement that, that God intercedes for me, that Christ intercedes for me, you know, and I don't know about you, but I don't trust people when they say that they're going to pray for me. I really don't. I wish I did. <laughs> I'm just being honest. There may be one or two people that I actually believe they will pray for me, but most people, I just think they, they think, ah, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, but then they don't. Right. Um, but I know the Lord prays for me and he knows what I need. He prays for me by name. He knows me, he created me, you know, and I often think about, you know, on that day when I meet him face to face, you know, just like, what's he going to say? You know, is he going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you for trusting me when you were going through that time. You know, um, do you think the Lord will thank us for trusting him? That's a thought, right? You know, I was, I was having this conversation with somebody earlier, you know, and, um, the idea of changing the trial that we're currently going through for a new one <laughs> came up and I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, it's interesting from the time I was a young believer to now 30 something years later, and I still consider myself a relatively young believer cause I'm really not that old, but I remember thinking, you know, in the beginning of my Christian walk that, oh, God's trying to teach me a lesson. You know, I keep going through the same thing over and over again. And hmm, I wonder if I should learn a, les a lesson here. And, and I did, you know, and there's, there's the lessons of trusting God with, with hurt, right? There's, there's lessons of trusting God with your money, right? Which I've been in that one numerous times, you know, I mean, we, you know, the apostle Paul said he understood what it was, it was to be in plenty and, and, and want, 
And, you know, I've been in both and I get it. And God's never not fed me. I mean, there was a time I was homeless and living in a shelter. And there was a time when I went to the church storehouse and got groceries from the church that because people brought groceries to there and people like me needed it. You know, and I didn't I didn't cry and I didn't get upset about what was given to me. I was just very grateful for what was given to me because God fed me when I didn't have the money to feed myself. You know, and then there's other trials like the loss of a parent, right? Randall and I were talking about that earlier today. Uh, you know, Randall lost his dad in February. And, um, you know, my father-in-law was kind of a scoundrel, you know, <laughs> it was, he, but he was still loved by God and he knew the Lord. And that was one of the things that um, I appreciated. I lost my mom 17 years ago and my dad, you know, he's 91. He could die any day. So, you know, there's, there's these different trials as you go through life. And, you know, I think sometimes we don't appreciate the trial that we're in. Um, and so the idea of changing one trial for another, it's like, do I really want to, ch do, I mean, if, if there was a wheel that had different trials on it, you know, like, suffering, suicide, death of a parent, death of a spouse, death of a child. Like Wheel of Fortune kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, wheel and, of Misfortune? And, and we, got to, we got to spin it, boom, like this. Boom. What and will we got, your misfortune right, be? Right, and we get to choose which trial we get to go through next. How many of us, I mean, really, would we want to do that? Um, but I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, look, I know people who have spouses that they take care of because they're critically ill. I, I know people that have lost children. I know people who are in, in kind of the same boat I am, taking care of an elderly father who is like a child. By the way, tonight I saw my dad. I actually just got home from seeing my dad. And my dad is a little devious sometimes. <laughs> Not that that's a big shock to any of you. I mean, he's got a little wicked sense of humor. But tonight he was telling me, I was showing him some pictures of birds. You know, if you if you follow me on Instagram, then you, you see pictures of birds I, I post. And I was just showing him all these pictures of birds from around the world. And he um, he said, well, I have a story. And I said, okay. And he got that look on his face. like he, And he went on to tell me that one of my aunts, um, his sister, um, decided to train a parrot um, to use every bad word in the, in the dictionary, you know, every bad word out there, people. And so my dad, who is a pretty devout man, he's leaning over, over, leaning over to me and he's eating a tomato, which it took him five minutes to cut up with his fork. And he's, he's telling me about how, you know, when people would come over to, I guess, his sister's house, she would say, you know what, just ignore the bird, what it's going to say, you know. And then he went on to, you know, share numerous bad words. And he laughed and he had this little like kid like <laughs> And I'm like, should I record this? Does my father know that he's swearing in front of his daughter? Does he think I'm somebody else? <laughs> so it's 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 like you gotta find the humor in that, people. I mean you just do. So and then there's there's trials of being single never being married or wanting a child, not having a child. I went through that one. Um, you know, there's all, there's all sorts of trials. And so I was just thinking, wouldn't it be neat when we got to heaven 
those of us who are going to go there. Some of you might not make it, but, you know, those of you who are on your way. You're being judgmental. No, I'm just saying those, not everybody's believer who watches, I'm sure. But wouldn't it be neat when we get to heaven and, and the Lord talks to us, if he actually said to us, you know what, not only well done, thy good and faithful servant, but, but you know what, thank you for trusting me, you know? Think about that. I mean, as a well, parent to a child, you know, don't you want your kids to trust you? You know, they might not understand what you're doing, you know, but don't you want people who look up to you or trust you? Don't they, don't you want to be thanked for the work that you're doing and how you're mentoring and discipling or, or training up people in the way that they should go? Plus, Don't you think it makes the father's heart happy to be able to say, thank you for trusting me. I know yeah, you didn't the, get it, but you know, you did anyway. It, that, that's the essence of a faithful servant, a servant who is full of faith. Mm -hmm. Faith in who? Faith in his or her master. Right. That's a faithful servant. So, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. I mean, but it's issue to me, there's no higher... Higher yeah. praise than that. But don't you want the Lord to say to you, Randall, hey, you know what? I know you've been going through this financial issue. Thank you for trusting me. I guess it'd be okay. <laughs> or would it be worse if he said to you, how come you didn't trust me? That would be tough. And, you know, our topic last night, that's ultimately, you know, that's the question. It, right. <laughs> yeah, he does, Barb. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to some news, okay? So this uh, this first article, you guys, I have to tell you, it's called God Takes a Beating on Television. And I don't watch TV, so as I was reading through this, I was like, dang, I didn't know this stuff was on TV. Uh, but Okay, so here it is. This is from um, Bozell and Graham. Um, and um, I'm going to read it. And hopefully I get the screen capture working. As soon as Bareface gets the screen capture working. Okay, so anyway, it says here, it's a fallacy to suggest that in the news media, business trumps politics. CNN's M M CNN's and MSNBC's dismal ratings are in direct proportion to their deliberate decision to embrace far-left anti-Trumpism. The same holds true for commercialized Hollywood, except in this case, it's not just anti-Trumpism that excites. The hatred is deeper. Hollywood is committed to levels of anti-Christian bigotry never before seen in its industry. There's no discernible market demand for it, but it believes Christianity must be insulted at every opportunity. All right, just so you know, I'm not writing this. I'm reading this, and I was shocked when I read this, just so you know. Consider these examples in the past month alone. Number one, on September 9th, HBO began a new season of The Deuce. I guess that's how you say that. A series about the porn industry in the 1970s and 1980s. In one scene, a sleazy director starts coaching an actress and says, Now, Melissa, just talk to him a little bit. You know, like you're praying. Melissa clumsily turns to a bungled version of the Lord's Prayer during sex and says, Oh, Father who is in heaven, forgive me for my sins. The director makes a face and says he just wants her to scream things like, Oh, God. And she apologizes and said, Oops, sorry, lapsed Catholic. 
now you guys just got that big graphic image in your face didn't you sorry my bad well this is the crap though that they're doing on tv Number two, HBO is also airing a new series called The Righteous Gemstones about a family led by mega church preacher Eli Gemstone. Uh, This Christian family lives to fight while launching obscenities, as HBO believes is typical in these kinds of families. In the first episode on August 18th, the F word was dropped 41 times. And the Lord's name was taken in vain 28 times, according to the Media Research Center. Gemstone's eldest son, Jesse Gemstone, also a pastor, well, he has another dilemma. He is being blackmailed after being caught on camera at a scandalous party featuring lots of cocaine and nudity. He was attending the prayer bowl, the prayer power convention, because that's what one does at prayer gatherings. I don't know about you people, but I find this, you know, highly insulting. Number three. Hulu, which, by the way, we canceled because, uh, yeah, we can't, we don't have any of this, the live streaming services. We have Amazon Prime, and that's only because I, I have Amazon Prime because of shipping. But number three, Hulu, the streaming service that routinely trashes Christian theocrats in its hit show, The Handmaid's Tale, also offers a show called Into the Dark. In the September 6th episode, teenage girls are dragged by their Christian fathers to a purity retreat to focus on the need to keep their virginity. So what's wrong with that, especially if you're a traditionalist? Nothing except that these men are complete hypocrites. They fiercely advocate female purity while expressing no concern for male promiscuity. One father, who naturally is a pastor, insists men don't need to be monitored the same way women do. They are not as easily fooled. These nightmarish dads even lock their daughters in cages for daring to meet with boys. A rebellious daughter named Jo insists the girls need to pray to Lilith, a feminist legend who in medieval times was said to be the first wife of Adam and became a demon after after rebelling. When another girl at the retreat protests that Lilith isn't in the Bible, Jo shoots back and says the Bible is male revisionist history. I wonder if it was a woman that wrote that line. Yeah. All right, number four. Then there's Preacher on AMC. Why stick to man when you can portray the Lord himself as an evil buffoon? In the September 8th episode, God the Father plots to destroy all of humanity with the help of Jesus and Adolf Hitler. Yes, you read that right. An Irish vampire named Cassidy is looking to foil God's plan, and during his search for the Almighty, he tells a story to a room full of observant Jews. It's about a Catholic mother of six sons. Five died in war. One died in a car accident. She still loved God because she was an idiot, he says. She she was a sucker, as are all of you. AMC recently ran an ad for Preacher featuring outraged reviews from conservative websites. The channel delights in being called utter garbage from Red State, offensive from LifeSite News, infamous from Fox News, blasphemous from The Daily Caller, and finally, a show that disrespects everything from newsbusters. That's Hollywood. It's never prouder than when conservatives call it infamous garbage. If the shoe fits, Hollywood proudly wears it, says Brent Bozell, who is the president of the Media Research Center. 
So there you have it. I mean, and you know what? I mean, I could, I could probably, if I watch TV, I'm pretty sure I could find a lot more worse bad examples. But can you believe some of this bareface? I can. I mean, it used to be just poke fun at the preacher. Mm-hmm. You know, as one of the do the, the the righteous gemstones or whatever. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was it was unlike unlike television of the fifties. You know, and and sixties for the most part. You know, where men of the cloth, you know, clergy were. Uh, not very in-depth characters, but at least, you know, portrayed somewhat respectfully. But then, starting in the, uh, I would say the mid-70s and onward, we saw, you know, clergy being disrespected and put up as a caricature. And, And now it's, you know, just faith in general is, you know, anybody of faith. Just like the, the one, uh, was it the Hulu show where the where the vampire tells the room full of observant Jews uh, she was a sucker as are all of you? I mean, you know, she was an idiot. She still loved God because she was an idiot, and this is that's where we are. That it's it's the faith itself <laughs> that is is. Is ridiculed and degraded. It's like forget representatives of of the Christian faith. It's the very Christian faith that's well. That's the thing. The target but, of disdain. But see, that's the thing. The media, you know. Frankly, I bet you a lot of the fodder that they got, they got from the prosperity teachers and all the scandals within the church, and by reading the Christian Compost website, ChristianPost.com. It's a, one of the worst Christian websites on the internet, and I, I don't read. I try not to read it because it's so stupid. It, I mean, it's like the tabloid of the church is the Christian Compost website. But, I call the Compost on purpose because it is people drives me crazy. But like I say, AMC recently ran an ad where they feature the reviews, calling it yeah. utter garbage, offensive, right. infamous, blasphemous, and a show that disrespects everything, and it's like. That's a badge of honor. Right. It's like... Uh, okay. Well, moving on. You know, a show that disrespects everything. That's what you want to be known for. Yeah. Well, moving on. Our next story is this. Planned Parenthood. Teach your preschoolers their genitals don't determine their gender, people. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Tucker and the executive vice president and chief brand officer of Planned Parenthood debate the GOP's health care plan's intent to cut funding over abortion services and its potential impact on the organization and women nationwide. Hashtag Tucker. Apparently, children as young as four are not too young to be told that gender and sex are different and that their genitals don't indicate their gender according to a new Planned Parenthood guidelines for parents. Put a one if you guys knew about this one. (laughs) Just curious, seriously, like put a one if you've heard this story because this is crazy. Hey, it works now. Yay, it's a miracle. On a page of its website, how, how do I talk with my preschooler about their body? The abortion provider says... If a child inquires why boys and girls have different bodies, a parent should introduce the concept of transgender identity. Well, yeah, just so, of course. 
what every parent should do. I mean, it's, that yeah. should be the first thing that pops into your mind. While the most simple answer is that girls have vulvas and boys have penises slash testicles, uh, testify. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, man, please put it to you if you can testify. You have testicles. But... <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. So it says this. <laughs> okay. That answer isn't true for every boy and girl. The organization says boy, girl, man, and woman are words that describe gender identity. And some people with the gender identities boy or man have vulvas. And some with the gender identity girl or woman have penises slash testicles. Your genitals don't make you a boy or a girl. What does? <laughs> Wait. Hold on. We're going to keep reading this from Planned Parenthood people, okay? Planned Parenthood thinks parents should point out to their child that genitals do not definitively establish gender and that their children can make that decision based on your values and how you plan to talk with your kid about gender as they grow up. <laughs> Reuters. Oh. Parents should then point out to their child, the page continues, that genitals do not definitively establish gender and that their children can make that decision based on your values and how you plan to talk with your kids about gender. Can, can we stop there? As they grow up. What? You want to stop? Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah. save my spot. <laughs> your children can make that decision based on your values. You may, you may feel that um, biological factors are a definitive a determination of gender, but you have to tell your children that they can make their decision based on your values. That so you have to have this conversation according to their you. you it's like, well, what is it? They can make the decision based on your values. Well, if, you're, if your values are that gender is biologically determined, you wouldn't be having this conversation in the first place. So it just, this is like crazy making. I so tell your children, you have to tell your children, they can make that decision based on your values. It's like, well, my, according to my values, we wouldn't be having such a nonsense conversation. And I know you people say that I'm narrow-minded and old-fashioned some old curmudgeon that I believe that biology, and I'm not saying just genitals, I'm saying, I'm talking about DNA, you know, having a Y chromosome or not. Um, and that determines a whole lot of things biologically, not just about what's between your legs. It talks about what's between your ears, uh, what's in every cell of your body, really, uh, the shape of your skeleton, uh, everything, you know, that having two X chromosomes or an X and a Y or the rare two X, one Y, whatever, that Y chromosome, you know, you know, male or female, that determines a whole lot of biological factors. And you know what I'm trying to figure out? What? Is let's just say for sake of argument, because I actually have seen or I've seen people do this, but like when a young girl begins to develop breasts, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say up until that point, she hasn't figured out what she is yet because the parents are, are flaming liberal bozos. <laughs> and, and they're like, you don't have to identify in any way, just so you know, you can be a nothing or whatever you call it. Well, then all Zay. of a sudden, they get a period. And mm. all of a sudden, they start developing breasts, right? And so 
So, okay, I get the period. That's connected to the girl part down there that isn't raw. Mm. You should not call that that. But how do you explain the top part? Hmm? Well, like when the boy starts getting hair on his chest. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, people, I don't have hair on my chest. Or how his face. Women, or... Hey, how many of you women ever grew hair on your chest? Just curious. I'd like to know. Put a three if you've ever grown hair on your chest as a girl. And I'm not talking the normal fuzz skin stuff that we all get. Mm. I'm talking like a big hairy chest like Bearface has. Mm. He doesn't really have a hairy chest, but he still has more hair on his chest than, than I do. Mm. Let me ask you, Bearface. If I had hair on my chest, would you be attracted to me as much? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> this is why girls shave the hair off their legs, too, just so you know. Because, you know, because it's more smooth and feminine. You know, we shave our armpits so there's no hair under there. Okay, now... Unless you're in Europe. I, I think women in Europe allow it to grow, but I don't know. That could now, be a myth. Now, when... <sighs> now, when they make that decision... Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do when the when the girls decide that they that they're really boys and the boys decide that they're really girls? What are they gonna do ultimately most of the time? Right. What are they gonna do? Sorry, I was reading Bob Barb's comment. I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Now, so you know these the you know, your children can make that decision based on your values. Yeah. How you plan to talk with your kid about gender as they grow up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those girls that decide that they're boys and those boys that decide that they're girls, oh. m- most of the time, what are they ultimately going to do? They're going to have surgery. Right. To do what? To change their body. Right. And they're going to change your genitals to conform to the biological, even though the genitals, that genitals, get that out of your mind, that that doesn't, that, that doesn't determine gender whatsoever. How dare you be so logical? And then they're going to... point out the fallacy of their ways. And then they're going to prove that they're that gender by having this radical cosmetic surgery and changing their genitals. Yeah. To match and the, the... then bu- they're going to go to Amazon, they're going to pick out a t-shirt, and they're going to pick if it's a girl or a boy t-shirt based on what... Yeah. This is, there's more than two genders, and the only shirts only come in men's and women's sizes and styles all right back to the article back to the article people i'll get to your questions and your comments in a few seconds people critics mainly from the conservative ranks that would be us (laughs) saying planned parenthood's encouragement of parents to discuss gender identity with children who barely barely can string a sentence together and haven't yet learned the alphabet is preposterous some people with the gender identities boy or man have vulvas, and some with the girl identity or gender identity girl or women have penises slash testicles. You genitals don't make you a boy or a girl. That actually says you. It doesn't say you're misspelling there. Yeah. Planned Parenthood's new guidelines on discussing the body with preschoolers. Gender is not fluid. Either you have a penis or you don't, said Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association, a Mississippi-based group that promotes conservative values. What Planned Parenthood is promoting here is just stupidity masked as sensitivity. If you're an adult and trying to talk to a child about whether they're really a boy or a girl, you're at risk of harming them psychologically. Indeed. Unless a boy or a girl is exhibiting behavior or says that they're messed up what a, that they're messed up about what they are, there's no reason to bring something like that up at such a young age, he said. Well, the only, the only reason they would be bringing it up is if they have some wacko parent or who's teacher. saying that. Right. 
What Planned Parenthood is promoting here is just stupidity, mass sensitivity. I think that's a tweetable. Efforts to obtain a comment from Planned Parenthood were unsuccessful. <laughs> Critics also say that Planned Parenthood's suggested talking points are misleading. All of the of all the things it is absurd irresponsible pretentious one thing it definitely is not is scientific new york daily news columnist se cup uh, wrote about the guidelines if you do need help talking to your kids about gender and gender identity and there's no shame in that please use real science as a guideline and not garbage propaganda the truth is sex is more complicated today, but the conversations you'll more likely need to have with your kids will center on technology, the dangers lurking on the internet, sexting, revenge porn, and, and not anatomy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So did, did anybody testify that you have testicles? I'm just curious. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I seriously... You guys are ashamed of that, aren't you? Mm -hmm. When I asked you to put, what was it, number three or something? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'm scrolling through here. I'm trying to find comments. Hello out there. Well, over on Facebook. If they aren't killing babies, they are trying to push gender confusion. Mm. Population control. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Yep. What about the 3,000 deities are you talking about? Ah, oh, Bobby is back. Okay. Denise says, I'm so thankful I'm not raising children today. <sighs> it certainly is as, not as simple as it used to be. You'd think it would be simple though, right? Denise, hi. Hi, Denise. Love you. Did you see my other comment that I made about you? Like, I want 12 friends as good as you are. True story. Denise rocks. You know why I like Denise? Because she rocks. Because she's honest. She says it the way it is. She doesn't pull any punches. She's not full of crap like some people are. No offense if you're one of those full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> There's always bowel movements. Just say it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. Get rid of that. I'm on a roll, huh? Yeah. Okay. So Barb says, this is gaslighting. If we will accept the absurd, they can get us to do anything. This right. is social engineering. Why are we listening to Satanists Satanist anyway? anyway? I know. Mm. Well, I I listen to them because this is the stuff the liberal media won't tell you go, is going on. They push it. And then, of course, us on the right, because we're on the right. We, we are right. We can, we can The right side. It. That's why I do it, because, you know, it's important to mock the left. and Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, I it, it goes important. to the same purpose, to end the human race. Good luck with that. Well, I Only mean, God could end the human race. He did a pretty good job with the big flood. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, abortion, confusing kids about, you know, their sexuality. Yes. I mean, it, it goes toward, you know, selective breeding, you know, just so the elites can... Yeah, have fewer people to manage. And, anyway. Sorry. I'm a little bit tired, people. This doing a night show is hard. You're tired, people? <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Israel. All right. Boom. So, uh, okay. So this deed, this is the deed to our land. Israel 
Israelis, Israel's rather, Israel's ambassador takes out Bible at UN to prove Jewish people's claim to Israel. That's a lot of nerve. Yeah, he does. All right, so it says here, Israel's UN ambassador, Danny Dan Dannon, used the Bible to defend the Jewish people's claim to the land of Israel during a special session at the United Nations Security Council on Monday. Dannon was tasked with the job of proving the case for, for Jews' connection to the Holy Land during the session. He outlined four reasons, the Bible, history, international law, and the pursuit of international peace and security. In a dramatic moment, Dannon opened the Bible and read aloud God's covenant with Abraham from Genesis 17. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant. And I will give to you and your descendants after you all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Dannon then raised up the Bible, turned to attendees and said, this is the deed to our land. From the book of Genesis to the Jews' exodus, from Egypt to receiving the Torah on Mount Sinai and to the realization of God's covenant in the Holy Land of Israel, the Bible paints a consistent picture. The entire history of our people and our connection to Eretz, Israel, begins right here. He continued while lifting up the Bible once again. Dannon argued that all of the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam affirm the Jewish people's connection to Israel. The Quran itself accepts the divine deed of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, he said. Dannon then told the group how the Jews were expelled from Israel in 70 CE, which means common error. But let's cross that out, people, and just put AD because duh, hello. Anyway, in 70 AD, Roman Emperor Titus destroyed our second uh, temple, expelled the Jewish people, and renamed the land nestled between Egypt and Lebanon, Syria, Palestina, as the southern province of Syria. That is where the name Palestine comes from, though Jews still lived in Jerusalem, he argued. He also placed blame for the ongoing Israeli-Palestinian conflict at the feet of the Palestinian leaders. Dannon said, in order for peace to be possible, four things must happen, start, starting with the Palestinians recognizing Israel's right to exist. Good for him, you know? I know, those are fighting words. How dare, how dare a Jew use the Bible as his guidebook, you know? And it actually really is true. I mean, um, um, you know, one of the criticisms I've heard a lot on this show is, well, you know, if you support the Jews, you hate the Palestinians, to which I say, that's BS, right? I mean, seriously, um, I don't hate Palestinians. In fact, there are like a gazillion Palestinian Christians out there that are actually forgotten and persecuted um, by those who follow Islam, which happens to be the devil's religion, in my opinion. I mean, just we just remembered uh, September 11th this week. And I might add that it was Islam, you know, that decided to kill us. And why did they attack us? Do we remember our history? Not revisionist history, but the actual history that we all witnessed on TV. Um, like, they attacked us because we were like, were we like the little Satan or the big Satan? I'm trying to remember, I forgot. The big one. We're the big Satan. Compared to Israel, the little Satan. You know. So, you know, don't let anybody tell you that 9-11. I mean, was it an inside job? It could have been. You know? Certainly some help. Probably. Whether 
whether intentional or unintentional. Did the Illuminati and the elite decide to, and the, did they plan it? Whatever. Interestingly, however they did it, they chose to use Islam to do it, okay? There's no doubt there. And all the Christians that are murdered and have their heads cut off and all the abuse that happens to women, especially under, under Sharia law, which they're actually passing here in America, by the way. Uh, that's, that's all from the religion of what I call the religion of pieces. They cut your head off. They, they want pieces of Israel. They're taking parts of Israel, one little piece at a time. And Israel, just so you know, is about the big, you know, about the size of New Jersey, which is actually pretty little. So you don't believe the official narrative? I don't either. I mean, I, you know what, when you have people that are like, um, is it Rosie O'Donnell? No. Or is it Roseanne? It's somebody. I mean, there's a number of high, high flaming liberal celebrities that don't believe the inside story or what the news media has the, told you. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, was the, it Rosie O'Donnell? Uh, yeah, because the towers themselves, right? Well, especially number seven, you know, yeah. World Trade Seven that fell around 5.30 p.m. And, and there are a few eyewitness testimonies of of hearing, you know, calls on the radio that is coming down and yeah, like a countdown to right. So, all right. So, let's thank our sponsor, yeah. Ariel Ministries, which is a Messianic Jewish ministry. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum founded this many years ago. Great ministry. You guys want to get some solid theological Bible teaching and study materials? Go to ariel.org. Use that coupon code Bible News. You know what? You might not have much longer to use it, so you might use it now before we don't have it anymore. Um, Bible teaching from a Messianic Jewish perspective, um, check it out, okay? There's great, great stuff over there. I mean, this like the life of Christ from a Messianic Jewish perspective changed my life, really did. Um, also, pillars of the community. I guess we've had some problems with the donation button. So where do they go? Well, the, the donation button is fine. There's a problem with the, with the uh, page with the URL forwarding. Something must have happened. So if you go to BibleNewsRadio.com, yeah. go there and then choose the give, give tab. Yeah. Okay. And, and in fact, to, on the that will flip to ActiveChristianMedia.com, right? Right. Okay. Or you could go to ActiveChristianMedia.com forward slash give. Yeah. See, uh, even with our website, the enemy likes to mess with it. So people who want to give. Can't. It's working fine. So <laughs> coming up on the ticker right now, become a BNR pillar, give at BibleNewsRadio.com. So. Okay, gotcha. All right. So those of you who donate, thank you. We definitely need it. Indeed. You know, I'd be happy to screenshot your checking account balance. You can look at it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, legal Shield. You know what, you guys? Look, I sell Legal Shield. Um, under the under the name ladies of justice yeah and you know what i have to tell you i've been selling this now for a year and this is by far the best product out there in direct sales because it's an actual real product that actually helps people you know and if you want to sell it for 99 dollars, you can get started and i can tell you that you will change people's lives as a result of it um, the founder of the company, Harlan Stonecipher, was a godly man. Uh, he was a Christian, very devout Christian, actually. And most of the people that sell Legal Shield and ID Shield, at least that I've met, are Christians. And uh, um, and it's great. And I can tell you that, you know, people who 
I have met locally. You know, I've been going to, you know, it's kind of a part, a second part-time job for me. I go out to a couple networking meetings a week. I've been going to about three of them actually. And almost every single week I am getting somebody to sign up because they're, they see the need and they see the, the huge benefit with this. If you need a will, right, with our Legal Shield plan, you can get your will done for that $25, $25 bucks a month. You know, if you don't get a, you can update your will once a year. They give you your advanced directives, your uh, financial power of attorney, um, you know, and you what you do is you fill out this questionnaire. We send it into Legal Shield to the lawyers, to wherever you're at, whatever state you're in. Then they'll send it back to you and then you get it uh, notarized from a notary. Then they validate it and there you go. You got your will. It's official. Um, so that's one thing. But the thing that, that I like, and I was just telling somebody this tonight at my dad's assisted living, um, I like the fact that I actually, as a, as a relatively poor person, <laughs> although I'm rich by world standards, but I actually have a whole law firm on retainer for 25 bucks a month. That's like a rich person's thing. Yeah, you know? it's, 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 it's crowdfunding. Yeah, crowdfunded legal services, just like your car insurance. You know, you pay yeah. your whatever, how many dollars a month? I guess it depends upon your driving record, stuff like that. Whereas it's not the same with Legal Shield; it's mm -hmm. everybody's the twenty-five dollars a month. Right. Um, but yeah, you're able to get your car repaired for the five hundred dollar deductible or whatever, because there are multiple people paying in. You're able to go to your your doctor, your primary care doctor for your $10 copay or $20 copay, whatever it is, because there's multiple people paying into the system and everybody doesn't need the services on any given day. And so same model, um, you know, the subscriber model is in so many other things we pay and, um, Harlan Stone Cypher, brilliant. Why not? Why not legal services? Mm -hmm. I mean, do it the same way as every other kind of insurance. And we're putting the love back into le love back into lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, because you know, I, most people who become lawyers, they do it because they really want to help people out, mm -hmm. right? And I think, yes, there are scoundrels in the law profession, but, you know. And that's usually the case, the ambulance chases and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where they're looking to hourly billing and, yeah, right. and stuff like that. Whereas those law firms that are retained by Legal Shield have a really nice cash flow coming in every month yep. and they don't need to worry about chasing after this case or that case and getting every billable hour in because they're they're on retainer look at that randall's part of the legal shield cult He's yeah probably gonna start selling it at some point <laughs> no i just you know the it, this I'm just kidding. the open house at the law firm was just a big it was it was great just big light bulb went on mm -hmm. It's like, well, when I heard 23,000 members in our state. Yep. And just that, Tennessee. Yeah. And that, and that firm is for Tennessee, North Carolina, and South Carolina. And altogether, they have offices in all, all of the states. More than, yeah. more than three offices, I think, even. But, you know, it's a big firm. But, yeah, they're, they're getting so much money from Legal Shield dues if you will you right. know, the monthly subscription that they don't well let me tell you one other thing and and this is just for those of you who may be interested in, in trying to make some part-time income and that is that um with with legal shield number one it's twenty dollars a month 
that's for your prospect mobile app where you put all your contacts in there okay that's it that's the only expense that you have unless you decide you want to buy you know like i bought this you know or if you want to buy cards or whatever it's really not any overhead for this when you sell things like cbd oil or you're buying you know avon or mary Kay or any other of these other nutritional type products you're you're buying that product and you're selling it usually with legal shield you don't have to buy a product it's a service that you're selling so you know the profit that you get from doing that you don't have to you can do it anywhere you don't have to order anything you don't have to ship anything that's super nice <laughs> but it's a product that everybody needs you know, I mean, like, I, I know I told you a couple days ago, I signed up a lady who, a landlord was trying to stiff her out of a $1,500, you know, refund, you know, for cleaning her apartment and stuff. You know, this is a minority single mother with kids, you know, who needs $1,500 given back to her. And with Legal Shield, she had 25 bucks. That's it. It's all she needed in order to get the help she needed. So I'm happy that I'm empowering people and I'm helping people get their wills and I'm helping people get their identities protected um, with our world-class identity theft protection. But we're looking for help. And here's the thing. Right now, the market saturation for Legal Shield is about 2 to 3%. And this is the best time to get in on it. We are, we just expanded. We're going to expand January, not January, October 1st. All of Canada is going to be open. So if you live in Canada, you want to be a Legal Shield representative, get in touch with me. If you, if you want to do this job part-time, I guarantee you, if you share this business with people, once you see the gold that it is, you're going to make money. You know, and here's the other thing, as an owner of your own company, you own your own book of business. Those of you who are business people, you own your own book of business. You can will that business to whoever you want, the residual income. That's why I'm in it, because in 10 years, Lord willing, if Randall and I are both here, hopefully, you know, in 10 years, my residual income is going to be thousands of dollars a month coming in, you know, and I'm not going to be doing anything extra for it. I'm laying the foundation today. And I'm hoping I'm going to have that money to retire on, you know, in 10 or 20 years, you know. Uh, so it's a $99 investment, which you will make back if you just tell people. You'll make it back like that. And the incentives right now they have, which it's September 14th. If you're really a go-getter, you can sign on. They, they're giving up to $800 back. So it's it's crazy. Totally crazy. Anyway, Anyway, just get in touch with me if you're interested in learning more about that. Uh, okay, last article, and then we'll go ahead and close down the show. Okay, so last article is titled, The Stronger We Make Israel, The Safer We Make the World. And this is from Nikki Haley, uh, who is a former ambassador. Um, and this is what she's talking about. Um, the, she discuss, she's discussing the U.S. diplomatic efforts in the Middle East. And she said this, it, well, it says this, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, discussed the U.S. diplomatic efforts in the Middle East at the Israel Hayam Forum for U.S.-Israel relations held in Jerusalem on Thursday evening. Interviewed by Dr. Miriam Adelson, Haley said that her approach as U.N. ambassador of kicking anyone she saw doing the wrong thing was the only approach we could use. 
You had a situation where there was this organization of 193 countries that were anti-American and anti-Israel continuing to give us a hard time, but had their hand out for aid. I didn't want to be just another ambassador. I felt the American people deserved that, said Haley, who, had, who added that she would not do anything differently because the truth needed to be said without an apology, which is why she's super awesome. Addressing the U.S.-led conference in Bahrain this week, which the Palestinian Authority boycotted, the former ambassador said, working toward peace is never a waste of time. We should all want peace. Should all want peace want a peace plan to be successful. She noted that she has seen the U.S. peace plan, which she described as well thought out, detailed, doable. It does things that would improve the lives of Palestinians, but would not compromise the security of Israel. The Trump administration has been courageous. We're not going to beg the Palestinians to come to the peace table, but it says a lot about the PA that they wouldn't want better for their own people. The Palestinians deserve better. I think the Arab community will see over time that they can't continue to babysit the Palestinians, added Haley. Asked what Israel should do if the Palestinians insist on rejecting the peace deal, Haley replied, I think we should see how the peace plan plays out. We should be open-minded. Jerusalem was stating a fact. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. No matter what Arab countries were telling their citizens, it's the truth. The Trump administration said we... We have all our embassies in capitals. Jerusalem is the capital. Why would we not have our embassy there? Now we have to see where the Palestinians are. This is the moment of truth for them. Do they want to continue living the way they are living or see what opportunity could look like? Israel is mistreated and singled out at the UN, argued Haley, because Arab countries realized after 1967 that they'd never defeat Israel. They did all they could, which was to go after Israel and the UN. Because of their wealth, the oil, they went to all the little countries and said, you need to vote with us. Behind closed doors, a lot of those ambassadors respect Israel. There are so many that respect the strength and intelligence of Israel. We allowed them to stand up and not be alone, she added. We call them out every time. The truth is always worth fighting for. Israel is the one bright spot in a really rough neighborhood. The better and stronger we make Israel, the safer we make the world. As for the issue of the so-called Palestinian refugees, Dr. Adelson asked Haley what is the true number of Palestinian refugees as far as the United States is concerned. The number of actual Palestinian ref refugees is classified. There are multiple people working to get it unclassified. I think we should because it speaks to the truth of that scenario. And I, I agree. I think that's an important thing. I looked into the UNRWA and the Palestinian refugees. I wanted to find out what they did. What I found was an agency that didn't want to be told what to do. The way they count refugees is to say any Palestinian anywhere in the world is a refugee. They want to give it refugee status for generations going forward. The U.S. has given the Palestinians six billion dollars we've done our part but when we went to unrwa and said you should reform they refuse she continued refer referring to the un agency for palestinian refugees when they wouldn't make the reforms we demanded the president was courageous to say we wouldn't give any more why should we be more responsible for for the palestinians than the arab world great point <clears throat> on iran haley stressed we don't want war. The president doesn't want war. 
Iran is the number one threat we are facing. The Obama administration did not help. They went in thinking that they could bring peace, but all they did after bringing in a plane full of money was spread war. Look at Lebanon, Syria, Afghanistan. Iran's tentacles started going everywhere. The deal didn't work. The president was right to pull out. The Iranians were still testing ballistic missiles, still selling weapons, still supporting terrorism, and we were giving them money to do it. Defunding them slowed down the nuclear process, <clears throat> but it did not slow down their culture of hate. They still, they're still saying death to Israel, death to America, which, by the way, <clears throat> is what 9-11 was about. Asked by Adelson whether there's a difference between the country, what country representatives say and do publicly, and what they say to her privately behind the scenes, Haley replied a couple of things. When the president issued the strikes on Syria following the chemical weapons attacks, ambassadors reached out and said, it's so good to see the U.S. lead again. I think we're starting to see a shift that countries are realizing we are blessed to have Israel in the Middle East, and even the Arab countries are starting to realize that. You can't destroy what God has blessed, and Israel is blessed, she added. One of her proudest moments said Haley, was when she vetoed a U.N. Security Council's draft resolution that would have condemned America for moving its embassy to Jerusalem. Can you believe that, you guys? Yes. It was one of my proudest moments that I could issue the veto. They were trying to veto our sovereign right. We had the right to put the embassy wherever we wanted. They were trying to humiliate the United States and Israel, and in the end, we both came out stronger. So there you go. Praise God for that woman. She's a believer, I believe. A devout believer. Well, you know, it's just... We're aware of what goes on in North Korea every day. I don't know, maybe the vast majority or not. I don't know. But, you know, the concentration camps they have, the re-education camps, and, and the people are put to hard labor and death all the time. We, we've known about in China, most favored nation... Uh, with their killing prisoners for organs, you know, for organ transplants, um, you know, and, and, you know, there are large nations where human atrocities are going on, but here we have this little strip of land in the Middle East, and, and they keep giving up <laughs> land for peace, and, and in, and you know the UN is just such it's just an outrage we've got to pass a resolution to condemn the UN for, for condemning for condemning the US moving the embassy to Israel or to Jerusalem to Jerusalem uh, <laughs> United Nations all these things going on these human atrocities in other parts of the world on a very large scale but we've got to condemn the US for moving their embassy to Yerushalayim. I mean, what... Does that just seem just insane to anybody else? Like, disproportionate of all the things you need to pass a resolution on? The things that are of big concern to world peace and the United Nations? That, oh, the U.S. moving their embassy to Yerushalayim, that's got to be, you know, we got to shut that down. That's, that's, that's crime of the century. Uh, I mean... I mean, this has got to tell you, not only when we see God taking a beating in television, Israel taking a beating on the political stage, 
for really no good reason. You could say, well, the you know persecution of Palestinians, whatever. They're persecuted by the Palestinian Authority more than anything. That right. you know, preventing them from what would be um, prosperous and peaceful life by their continued agitation and and attacks of of the Jewish people and refusing any peace plans and all that. Um, anyway, this to me is just just evidence that there's there's more. Than what meets the eye. There's more than what's going on in the political stage. You know that we. All right, cat. That we don't we don't fight you against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers yeah, and and know. rulers of wickedness and in heavenly places or you know spiritual dimensions. However you want to translate yeah. that. The, Are you in pain or something? What is it? Sorry, my cat's. Needs my attention at the moment. If if the God of the Bible, if the Bible, you know, is not His word, if if His people Israel are not His people, if they're not the chosen people, um, then you know, if, you know, if the Messiah, you know, Yeshua is not the Jewish Messiah, then explain to me. Nobody's up in arms about, you know, Greek mythology and, or, you know, or the uh, Bhagavad Gita, or, you know, or, anyway, as much as they are about the things of God, the, the maker of heaven and earth, the, the true and living God is just, just such an offense and the focus of of vitriol and and disdain on on an on an increasing scale and that tells me the you know the 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 validity validity, validity veracity the truthfulness right and we just had that interview with um uh Craig von Busick mm-hmm. you know about Israel Busick whatever anyway but about about you know his book that he wrote about how uh, um truman you know his role that he played in in that so if you didn't see that interview yet go back to our archives and watch it it was like i think it was last week wasn't it yeah, yeah. so uh yeah yeah i mean or just read the bible you know yeah and as he pointed out so astutely you know how many arab nations in the world 22, how many Muslim nations in the world? They're operating under Muslim, you know, uh, whatever. Right. Uh, 63, I think. How many Jewish nations in the world? Just one. And and it's like, they have to give it up. They have no right to exist. Well, I just think it's funny because Israel kicks butt. That's I not know. the word I really want to use, but I think you know what I'm saying, people. Yeah, you know, and I've been watching that series. I mentioned that. Uh, I gotta watch that against all odds of the survival of yeah. Israel, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's against all odds. It's a you know, and the testimonies well, coming the out of there. Christian faith is against all odds if you yeah, think about it. It is. It's crazy. And just the stories coming out of of war done? there from 
from non-believers, from uh, actual non-believing uh, Jews. And I don't mean like non-Messianic, but atheist Jews uh, had these experiences that converted them, yeah. either converted them or they feel like, well, I don't know what to make of it. It's been... By the way, when you feed us and when you donate to us, you feed our animals as well because we got three little mouths to feed besides ours. Sorry, G Dog. We need to we need to elicit sympathy. <laughs> He's going blind, actually. Help Grover. You know. <laughs> He's been in my lap the whole time. Well the cat likes me. Cat's like, eh, about Randall. Yeah. Occasionally he'll go, <laughs> Yeah, cat, I'll just be in the same room and look at me. Yes, it's like <laughs> Do I smell bad or what? I don't know. <laughs> He has a love-hate, and then other times, you know, like at night, he likes to cuddle with me. He'll come and nestle himself in my arm up against my chest, and I don't know. It reminds me of the um, cartoon with the uh, with Wiley e. Coyote and like the sheepdog. You know where they where he's the coyote's trying to get the sheep, and the sheepdog you know, stops him and whatever in all sorts of ways and squishes him, pounces him, whatever. And then, then the whistle goes off and it's like the shifts are over and then they go and they clock out and say, have a good day. It's <laughs> 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 like, well, and we, that's what we do. That's our job. And then when it's quitting time, we're like buddies. Um, so the, the cat and me, that's, that's our relationship. During the day, he's, he's, he's not my fan, but at night. Yeah. Mm. You clean his bathroom, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Looks like we got a prayer request here in the thing, so cool. why don't we, um, from somebody named Sweet Funky B, I think. I don't know if that, is that really your Sweet name? Sweet Funky B. Barbara. Barbara Ann. Okay. So Barbara bye, says bye, here. Bye, bye, Barbara Ann. Okay, you're going to pray for this. Pay attention. Okay, I'm listening. Okay, his name is Paul. His name is Paul. And it says here, pray for my friend, brother in Christ, that brother is atheist, that Jesus would touch his life. So, yeah, Barbara. Okay. All right, so pray for Paul that he would become a believer, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, people, we shall pray now for Barbara's friend, Paul. And then we'll end the show because I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm sure some of you are tired too, I hope. All right, go for it, bareface. Father God, we lift up uh, Paul to you, Lord, and we know that a prophet is not without honor except in his home country, and perhaps Barbara or any other family members who have witnessed to him, he just won't hear it because that familiarity breeds contempt, as the old saying goes. We pray that you would send someone into his life, a co-worker, a neighbor, uh, several of them, Lord, that would um, have an end to him uh, from an unexpected place where he would not have the resistance, where he would not have the pre-decided um, you know, notions against them. But from an unexpected place, you would bring the truth of the gospel, the good news of Yeshua Messiah, the Lord Jesus, to him. Uh, the good news that he, though he is a sinner, unworthy 
of, of favor with you outside of your graces and is destined to eternity separated from you and your goodness that by simply placing his faith in the finished work of the Messiah the finished work of Christ Jesus that um, he can have the confidence he can know that he has eternal life he who has the son has life he who does not have the son does not have life Lord these things are written there in your words especially in first John chapter 5 that we may know that we have eternal life we who have put our faith in him and it is in that name of Yeshua, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, and that name above all names that we ask these things. Amen. I actually think that they meant, they, they meant something completely different. Oh. But it's okay. God knows. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he knows that all those prayers that whatever you really meant, that's no. what they're for. <laughs> so don't fear. Don't worry. God knows everything. Yep. And John, Spirit Dr. himself John, intercedes for us. Dr. John, who has um, been sick and gone through some surgeries and stuff in, up there in Canada. And, um, you know, you're here. Just want you to know that I love you guys, you and Janie. And um, uh, I actually just messaged you and told you that, you know, I think about you a lot. And I actually do think about you a lot. Um, I just wish I had more time to... <laughs> Stuff. there's only one of me but i do love you you know that right i know you know that um so just message me just message me anytime you need anything if you need to talk or anything you know um you guys are very special to us actually so all right and that is it okay so um tomorrow we are going to probably be really tired too <laughs> in the evening but that's okay uh tomorrow's gonna be special pray for us tomorrow morning we are gonna randall and i are gonna be on our mission tomorrow morning with the truck stop ministries and we are going to uh be um ministering to some some long-haul truck drivers whoever the lord brings uh, that's what we will we will be doing in the morning so just keep us in prayer that the lord would use us to touch the lives of whoever these men or women may be tomorrow morning because um, they are often forgotten and these are the these are truck these are big rig drivers who deliver stuff for all of us all over the place who often spend hours and hours and hours on the road and days away from their family and bringing the groceries to your you know neighborhood grocery store and last time we did it i think we shared with you guys what it was like just go back find the replay wherever that's at um but um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, so anyway, so keep us in prayer. We need the prayer a lot, just so you know. <laughs> and so thank you. All right, people, hope you have a good night. Remember, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you.